It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be a seat in the cry room this time. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for It's all right, cause I'm all set for Sunday Yes, welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for crazy and distracted Catholics. What is it? How's it go? Busy and distracted Busy Catholics. Busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. Ghost is Jeff Trailer. Just because the hosts are crazy does not mean our listeners have to be. That's right. But it's okay if you are. We're the crazy boys. Hey. What's that from? SNL? Uh, I, I don't know. That sounds right. Yeah. All right. Um, that's but, two wild and crazy guys. Oh, that's right. Two wild and crazy guys. Three wild and not so crazy guys. Father Christian Ram, how are you today? <laughs> I'm great. Hey, I want to tell you something I've been thinking about. <laughs> yeah, <please. laughs> With your theme song. You know, when I was a kid, I, I watched Happy Days. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't know if you ever remember that show, but every time I watched Happy Days, they had the theme song, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Happy mm-hmm. Days, whatever. But in my head, I always imagined it was Fonzie singing. And when I hear the All Set for Sunday theme song, I always imagine that it's Scott singing. <laughs> I like that better. <laughs> also, who's the other guy you're texting? What? Well, you and I and some third person are on a group text, and I don't know who it is, oh. but I just I just informed you. It's I, I thought it was it's Scott, and I had the wrong number. Uh, it so might I, not actually be a somebody human. else is getting if like got my announcement mm. that I thought it was. Well, I think other, it's I think it's actually not a person because you're one number short. Oh, it looks like some sort of international dialing code. But I got another random text message that said, "Lexi, long time no see. This is Alyssa." And then I thought that you were texting your dog because your dog's name is Alexi or Alexa. No, Lexi, yeah. Lexi. Lexi. Like Lexi O. Right. Davina. Favorite dog name ever. Yeah. Um, Jeff, you ready for two minute drill? Sure. Yeah. Welcome, Father Christian. I already said that. <laughs> I know. It's good, it's good to be here. <laughs> All right. Two minute drill. 25th Sunday in ordinary time. Uh, this Sunday, September 18th. We start off with a reading from Amos. I don't feel like we get a lot of Amos. I'm I'm pretty excited about it. It's not um, Amos. Amos. I don't know. I'm gonna go with Amos. I don't. Know. Father Amos. Amos. I always say Amos, but it's okay. Oh, that was nice of you. I'm going with Amos. I like it. <laughs> I think that's what his parents <laughs> wanted him to be known as. Just because you guys want to Americanize it. You right. Amos got that right. It must stop doing this. <laughs> All right. Um, so in this, in this letter uh, or in this first reading to Amos or Amos, um, <laughs> we hear about this, these instructions to trample on the needy and destroy the poor of the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see kind of this, this explanation of, listen, if you're doing that, if you're trampling on the needy and destroying the poor of the land, you better be careful because, 
the time is coming. We're going to, we're going to take care of things that, and, and really it's like this list of things that are being done to, to button things up, to get things ready of almost a preparation and of how to serve the poor in that time of preparation, how we're going to give the silver to the lowly and sandals for the poor and the things that we're going to do. So be careful. Like God is coming to serve the poor. God is coming to take care of the poor. So if you are going to trample on them, um, this will not be forgotten. It will not be forgotten at all by the Lord. Responsorial Psalm, praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. Or, it's been a while, Scott. Wait, what? Not praise the Lord, my soul? Praise oh, the Lord. That's the wrong Scott's Sunday. on the wrong Sunday. Got it. Alleluia. Praise the Lord who lifts up the poor. Or, Alleluia. Alleluia. Very good. Um, Spoiler alert, the 26th Sunday of Ordinary Time is also Amos. <laughs> Or Amos. Amos. <laughs> you, you Amos had the right Sunday. I know. <laughs> Second reading. I was <laughs> We're so on a roll close. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is getting deep. All right. I do something with Timothy. But, uh, <laughs> The second reading comes from First uh, Timothy. Again, we had him last week. Um, this is a it, it, there's a very uh, Padre Pio feel to this reading. Oh, tell me more. Yeah, it's uh, this kind of chill, pray, be happy. Like he's Paul starts right off with like first of all, which I always love when he comes with a first of all, and then nowhere in the reading is a second. Like there's there's never a, like maybe it's I'm sure it's coming down later in the readings, but I feel like he comes right off the bat with, first of all, I ask, and then he talks about prayer, petition, thanksgiving, offer these for everybody, lead a quiet and tranquil life. Like he says it, like he says, first of all, like there's a real simple ask here. And then it's this, this whole laying out of, this is how we're being asked to live for. There's one God, also one mediator, Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom. And then he says very clearly, uh, I was appointed the preacher and apostle. I'm speaking the truth. I'm not lying. And I, I like that last week, Paul was talking about how he is the biggest sinner of all. And this week he's saying, I'm not lying. Um, even though I do have a little uh, asterisk here, Father Christian, he calls himself an apostle. Is that like stolen valor by Paul there? Because he wasn't an apostle, was he? Yeah, he gets called an apostle. He's not time. one of the twelve. He, he's not one of the twelve. So we have to make a distinction between the twelve and apostle. Gotcha. All right. So he and Barnabas also get called apostles in the New Testament, and there's some others, but that's a rabbit hole. <laughs> cool. That's that's a different segment. All right, rabbit hole segment. Yes. Um, but then he he just he finishes up with the idea that it's his wish that every man should pray. Lifting up holy hands without anger or argument, which like seems like a decent wish. Well, I think we can all hope for that. And then our gospel reading, our gospel comes from Luke uh, 16, 1 to 13. Father, are we going uh, long form or short form? Oh, I didn't even realize we had a choice. <laughs> um, let's see what's in the short form. It's the, the very oh. end. We might as well do the long all right. form. Great. This is better than last week when I got asked to do the long form, and it was seven pages long. Yeah, it was a heater. <laughs> Prodigal son, lost coin. We had the, well, we, you know what? We'll talk about why there is a short form Perfect for this one. Awesome. Nothing like Go a ahead. scripture scholar to set us up here. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Good if we have <laughs> Luke chapter 16, 1 to 13. Jesus said to his disciples, a rich man had a steward who was reported to him for squandering his property. He summoned him and said, what is this I hear about you? Prepare a full account for, stu- for your stewardship, because you can no longer be my steward. The steward said to himself, what shall I do now that my master is taking the position of steward away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I know that I shall do so that when I am removed from stewardship, they may welcome me into their homes. He called in his master's debtors one by one. To the first, he said, how much do you owe my master? He replied, 100 measures of olive oil. He said to him, here's your promissory, or, uh, yeah, here's your promissory note. Sit down and quickly write one for 50. Then to another steward said, and you, how much do you owe? He replied, 100 cores of wheat. The steward said to him, here's your promissory note, write one for 80. And the master commended that the dishonest steward for acting prudently. For the children of this world are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. I tell you, make friends for yourselves with the dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Here's where the short form starts. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If, therefore, you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Mm. I really luke this gospel. (laughs) I almost, I lost total track here, Father Christian, in the beginning (laughs) of this gospel reading when, not when we were making jokes, but when he, when the steward is just like so thrown off because he's like, well, I'm not strong enough to dig holes. Like I need, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do for a living. <laughs> like his choices are dig, beg, or be a steward. And I'm super curious to hear uh, what your thoughts are. Cause you're at the parish this weekend, Father Christian. Are you preaching? I am. Yeah, I'm preaching. Associate pastor, uh, Father Christian Rab. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, I'm preaching this weekend. And uh, I, I have, okay, now that I see that there's a short form, my whole vision of this weekend might okay. be different. I didn't even realize we had the option to use the short form. That's what we're here so for. I thought the long form was it. And because I thought the long form was it, I've been thinking that every priest in the archdiocese was going to be listening to All Set for Sunday this week. Of course. To see what could be done with Because it's topic. a hard one to preach on. Because <laughs> it's really hard. And uh, it might be the hardest gospel passage. It's a bold statement. I, really? I, it's really hard. And I, I, I actually went, I mean, I don't, I'm not a person who swims around in commentaries, but I, I, I looked in three different commentaries thinking about what to do with this passage. And one of them said, uh, <laughs> it just said flat out, we'll never really know what, what this is about. <laughs> Awesome. What's the name of that commentary? <laughs> um, it was uh, it was Sacramento. hot takes um, on, on the commentary of the Gospel yeah, of Luke. It's called Tough Luck, Father. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm holding it up. But yeah, it basically said, yeah, we're too far removed in time to really get what this was. Well, it was about. written by a Jesuit. There um, you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, that was edited. Oh. Yeah, the author is actually a former member of uh, St. Minard, I think. Or he he was a student there anyway, Luke Timothy oh. Johnson. Um, yeah, so it's it's I think this gospel is really difficult. Um, and I thought, you know, oh, maybe I'm just going to, I'm going to can it and, and I'll preach, I'll forget. I'm just going to talk about the reading from Paul, you know, uh, prayer, uh, yeah, that's a, super a lot of good one. stuff there. It's pretty straightforward. Like that's a good option. Just, just talk about Paul, talk about the importance of prayer, talk about praying for everybody um, Christ is the one mediator, but we're invited to kind of partner with him in, in his mission of intercession uh, before God by, by also praying, you know, for everybody in our lives. Um, so I, I thought that would be a good, good route to go. But then I'm, I, I just, I couldn't walk away from the challenge. So yeah. I had to kind of look at the gospel say- and think about Tough it. if there's a gospel reading that causes a priest to be like man is there anything political i could talk about <laughs> <laughs> yeah i could really yeah. use a controversial supreme court decision right now <laughs> right sure exactly um so okay i'll let i'll, I'll offer some thoughts on this gospel and if you guys you know have i like hearing your perspective yeah. too um, I mean, that's the whole idea. So, We're not looking for your homily. We just, we just want yeah, to hear where, yeah, where might hear, you go? And where might you go? Um, so when I'm listening to this, uh, okay, it's a weird parable um, because you have this guy who works for a rich man and he kind of gets caught uh because apparently he has not been a very good steward. And so knowing that he is probably going to lose his shirt, uh, he reacts by, um, as you, you know, you, he, he's, he's, he's facing being out on the streets, you know, he's, he's going to have nothing. So, so what does he do? He tries to endear himself to these people that owe him money. Uh, by forgiving half of their debt. But don't they owe his master money, not him? Yes. So he's not exactly. even like so, forgiving debts that are his. He's forgiving somebody else's debts to people. Right. Okay. Right. So, so you know, he doesn't really even have the right to do this, uh, but he knows he's on his way out. He's going to lose his job. So he's trying to endear himself to these people who owe his master money. So he forgives half their debts. And then... Jesus praises him for this. <laughs> cool. So this is a really weird gospel. Um, but I think what is kind of going on here is that. Um, so when it says the master think, commended him, commended that dishonest steward for acting prudently, it doesn't mean Jesus did or. Well, his- no, not strictly, but Jesus doesn't exactly. I mean, he, he's, he's telling this story in a way that there's something about this guy yeah. that we want 
to pay attention. <laughs> we're just because he's we're gonna, just still trying to figure it out two thousand years later. Exactly, we are. We're trying to figure it out two thousand years later. I I think it has something to do with the way that this guy is. So he's looking out for himself, and that that self interest and self preservation. Is it's not a like a bad thing. You're you, the first thing you have to be a steward of is your own well-being, right? You have to take care of yourself. Uh, Jordan Peterson, you know, has this quote about if if we could just get people to take care, as much care for themselves as they do for their pets, it would be a great step. <laughs> Does that um, mean cut deep? You know, and so uh, you know, people see a sick dog, they take it to the vet but they ignore their own kind of self-care and they ignore kind of taking care of themselves. So this guy, this steward, he's a real strange hero for the parable, but I think Jesus is kind of highlighting the fact that he stewards, he understands that he has to be a steward of himself. He has to, um, he has to look out for himself he has to make the kind of decisions that is going to uh, steward his own well-being. But if if we're Christians, we're gonna we we can go the next step, and that's so that's where the gospel ultimately goes, right? It's about you know look at this guy who's friends with dishonest wealth. There's even something we can learn from him, and then Jesus talks about how you know if the thing the what we see to be true in the much lesser thing must be true in bigger things and so the christian will see that ultimately you know we have to be stewards of our own souls and it's far more important to be a steward of our soul than it is to be a steward of our physical and more mortal lives right and so the small thing illuminates the big thing the small thing is survival self-preservation but the big thing is eternal life integrity you know fidelity to our own conscience and so if we really love ourselves we'll prioritize integrity we'll prioritize fidelity to conscience uh we'll prioritize eternal life so what this guy is illustrating even as a dishonest kind of person that that he has to steward his own future, his own well-being. We can we can learn from that and apply in a much bigger scale, a much more significant scale. Um, so I think that's part of the what's going on there. What do you think of that? You know, this is a hard gospel to preach on. Uh, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be a, a harder one to hear preaching on. <laughs> So you mentioned the part about taking care of yourself. Is that, where does that correlate in the gospel or is that just an add on piece? No, I think because he, he realized he's going to lose his shirt. He's going to be kicked out. So what does he do? He, he kind of prepares an escape hatch for himself, right? He, he prepares a plan B. He, he, he gets himself endeared to these people that owe money and, and then the master commends him for doing this. This is an act of prudence. It was an act of prudence. 
And then Jesus continues and builds on that and says, the children of this world are more prudent than some of you, you know, yeah. are more prudent in dealing with their own generation than are the children of life. So I tell you to make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth. Um, if, if a person is uh, trustworthy in very small matters, be trustworthy in great ones. The person is dishonest, dishonest in great ones. That, that's doesn't where make it's sense. Flip, right? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. It's like that second part doesn't really jive with you the first part, it, right? It doesn't okay. jive with the first part. Like when he says, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth so that when it fails, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwelling. What? But then it goes on to say, like, if you're serving yourself, you can't serve God. You're like, you, if you love one, then you'll hate the other. Like, we cannot serve God and mammon. So, like, what? I, oh. yeah, I don't. The so, second reading is. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we're going to call this week's episode not all set for yeah, Sunday. Yeah, not remotely set for Sunday. <laughs> um, Aim, Amos? <laughs> I, well, it, it just... Okay, and who's Mammon? Tell me who's Mammon. Okay, I mean, so... the All right. The, the, other, the other way to maybe go at this, and it's almost the opposite, but I would say... Okay, one thing is to say that this guy is a good example of something that we are supposed to be like. We don't know what, but he's a good example. Well, yeah, of I think we Jesus do. would I tell us we, about we're looking out for yourself on some level, right? Like that's not a bad thing to look out for. But yourself. then he's dishonest in wealth. But, we just get told it's not to be dishonest in wealth. Well, that's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I uh like 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 he's a guy who has like the right concept wrong execution. <laughs> well, or um the I mean what is wrong with what he's doing is that ultimately he thinks that he has to depend on wealth. So so there's something here about a right relationship with money. Uh, that he obviously doesn't have. Is there something about so, like the I, like the human relationship above the relationship with money? Because he's mending relationships with this guy that owes money. Or did I just make that up? Mind you, let's go back to the beginning well, where like he's getting fired for squandering property. Like he's not. Yeah, it's not like he's being unjustly let go. Like no, it no, documents no. It's, like it's he, right and just. He's. He's squandering property, so then he goes out and tries to save his own butt. It's by like somebody got, got somebody fired, but then like is smashing computers on the way out, kind of situation. Or like, get, like they get fired from their place, but a vendor that they work with, they want to have, they want to go get a job with, so they give them like a sweetheart deal on the way out the door, on like to just build, like yeah, I, oh, I don't. Yeah, it's a tough one. So <laughs> what a preacher could do is is just ignore the parable and go straight to the end of the passage and there's short form. form. Yeah. Got it. That's and, way easier to preach on. 
it's actually a little bit easier, right? Because you can still talk about the right relationship with money, which that parable is obviously trying to get at, but it's very difficult to understand. Um, what is the right relationship with money? And, um, you know, I think that there, there's a lot you can do with that because the, the problem with money is it's really not that money is a bad thing. Um, it's, it's attitudinal and it's, and you know, we do have to kind of look out for ourselves. You certainly have to look out for your family, but, the, but because money helps us do those things, it's very easy to kind of turn into a kind of, uh, a, an idol, right? Where, where you become preoccupied by pursuing it and you, you begin to depend on it. You stake your sense of security and safety in it. And because that's kind of the way money functions, it, it, it is one of the easiest things in the world to turn into an idol because, because of its value for taking care of ourselves, which is a good thing, and taking care of other people. Uh, but it's just really easy to turn into something that we focus on for our pursuit. We make it the king of our hearts. Um, we depend on it for our well-being. But like right? anything else, and that relationship has to be balanced. Because in, in like it's, it's tough for people to hear sometimes, but like the church is as victim as any of it of like playing that card of money is evil and like your mm -hmm. reward will be great somewhere else. So like as people who have worked in ministry and worked in the church and been underpaid working yeah. there and, and at times have been told, I've heard people, I've, I've had this argument with priests and heard people say like, well, we're not going to pay that person that much, but like, this is a, it's a missionary work that they're doing. It's, no, yeah. it's, that's unjust yeah, yeah. and that's not fair. And to try to tell people that money is evil and that's why you don't want to pay them a fair wage and they shouldn't yeah. value that. So I'm not to get on my soapbox, yeah. but like, I do think there's a balance there of, we, we've Scott and well, I have talked about it with, with some friends and in, in like in prayer and reflecting about like how, like we, we should, we can't always treat money as it is evil. We just can't let the evil that no. could be money take over. How yeah. We, yeah. I think it's yeah. ultimate. It's attitudinal. Um, and it's, it's about having the right relationship with money. Um, so you, you can, you can have a right relationship with money right? That isn't uh, just uh, a, a total renunciation of it, right? You can have a right relationship with it. So how do you get into a right relationship with money? Um, and I, and I, I think a lot of it is attitudinal. So we just kind of coming to a place where we say that this is not, you know, the king of my heart. Um, but it's also, I, I think, certain practices like, you know, um, almsgiving, tithing, those things support us in getting to the right relationship. Um, but uh, it's certainly, you know, it's, it is right and just for, and this goes back to the direction I want the parable to, to go or maybe be more clear about, which is it is okay to take care of yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and we, we later have the, the, 
or in elsewhere in the gospel, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we don't, we don't often pay attention to the fact that we do, ha- we have to be stewards of our own well-being. And that has a monetary aspect to it. And we certainly have to be stewards of our family's well-being, right? If you're in a family, if you're a, if you're a father, if you're a husband, right. you're, you're, you're one of the breadwinners, you have to be a steward of your family's well-being. So how getting to a right relationship with money includes, you know, being able to take care of them. I've heard the, the last sentence in this passage get thrown out in lots of different contexts over the course of history. What is, what's the right way to in, interpret you cannot serve both God and mammon? Well, I think it's probably not far off of what we were just talking about, but I mean, yeah, I mean, my perspective would just be, I mean, some, some of the, there, some of the, you know, there is, there is a kind of thought out there in the ancient world that mammon is actually a demon mm-hmm. and that, that, that it's, it's, it's a demon that is connected with wealth. And so, um, that it wants to be worshiped therefore. Right. And so it kind of uses wealth to seduce us into, um, worshiping it, which is, you know, that's a, that's a lot to, to wrestle with, but, but the idea is, you know, you, you can only have one God and, and, and money so easily becomes the preoccupation and ultimate focus of our lives. Um, it, and the, the nature of evil is to twist good things, right? I mean, evil is, is parasitic. It's parasitic on good things. And so um, it, it, there are certain things in our life that very easily, you know, they, in a way they lend themselves to displacing God in our hearts because of the, the importance that they have. And money is, I think, one of those things. It's attitudinal. Yeah. I so learned you, a new word. You today. have to choose. <laughs> you have to you choose what, you know, wh- who is going to be your God? Who are you going to serve? And I, I, you know, I think a big part of the Bible story is, you know, that there, in a sense, there are these good things like self-preservation, survival, um, marriage and family, uh, things like that. They're good things, but a lot of times like Israel is tested by saying, do you, can you put this good thing second? to integrity, to fidelity, to the truth. You know, um, it's not that we're saying it's worthless or eliminate it or, or cast it off as an evil thing, but can you put it in the right relationship to the, the true and best thing, if that makes sense. So, I mean, C.S. Lewis has this great quote, once you have the full God, all the half gods can remain. And I think that's that's actually the best way to perspective to put it in. If we have the, in a sense, if we have the right relationship with God, where He is our Lord and Master, then we can keep these other things in right relation. Love it. Love it. All right, Jeff, you ready for some dumb questions? I am. Let's go. It's time for Jeff's dumb questions. 
the part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. Are you ready, Father? Yeah. All right. Here's my question. I asked this last week, and I'm going to keep asking it because I think it's entertaining to watch priests squirm. Oh, I, I think I listened to you <laughs> if, this question, and I felt really bad for Father. And he just Father. refused to answer it. Uh, so if you could eliminate one hymn from church for an entire year, and I want to know from Parish, but also from the Hill, if you could eliminate oh. a hymn for an entire year, what would it be? Okay, it's not really. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead. I know you will. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I it. I, okay, pace to whoever wrote it. Um, but that there is a certain version of the Gloria that I cannot handle, and uh, it's it sometimes it's it's. Uh, Glory to God, yep. glory yes, to yep. God, glory to in the, God in the highest, <laughs> and on earth, peace on earth. On earth. Okay, that's, that's the part of it that I can't handle. It's, I mean, the melody, I, I don't care for the melody, but it's, and on earth, peace on earth. I That, that. It it oh it you almost, have too many advanced degrees to be angry. able to handle. <laughs> I, 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 and on earth, peace on earth. I don't I don't understand. If it wasn't on earth, where would the peace on earth be? Why do we say that twice in a row? And on the moon, peace on earth. I, I don't. Your understand. answer is you would eliminate so, the Gloria for all uh, for a year. I would have. I would not use that version of Gloria. And Pache to whoever wrote it, I'm sorry. What's that word you keep saying? It's it's kind of a Latin way of saying oh, peace. Gotcha. I'm sure whoever wrote that version of the Gloria doesn't speak Latin. Yeah. Nor are they probably going to listen to the podcast. So. I don't know. I'm going to go do some research and tag them. That's great. Uh, so there, you got my. I answer. love it. I knew you'd have an answer. I knew you would. I also knew not only would you have an answer, but you would feel strongly about it. Yeah, you you got me. Um, <laughs> you got okay, me. here's a question for you. Another dumb question. This came from our office today, um, as they knew we were heading into the podcast. Why yeah. is it that not a lot of parishes have Saturday daily masses? I th- I think that's just because of overworked priests. And so um, very often most most parishes now only have one priest and actually they really have like some in, in I mean in Indianapolis a lot of parishes are sharing a yeah. priest with two other parishes. So uh, Saturdays have increasingly become a day for funerals. Uh-huh. And Saturdays have increased are have always been a day for weddings, and so um, then I think it's just, and then you have the vigil yeah. mass. So I think um, it's it's just too much. So then, as a priest, do you not have to celebrate a daily mass on Saturday 
if you are going to celebrate the vigil? Well, here's a dirty little secret. Oof. You never have to celebrate a daily mass. Oh. Um, yeah, you're not bound by the law of the church to celebrate dirty mass. Little secret. That is a dirty. <laughs> I, feel, I do feel dirty having heard that. Um, I guess you are. You're bound. You know, you're bound to to offer the sacraments for the people, but. Um, there is no like strict requirement for a priest to offer mass every day. It's highly recommended. Um, but he, for example, he is obliged to pray the liturgy of the hours. He's not obliged. He doesn't have to offer mass. A priest is obliged to pray. Most priests do, and they make it part of their spirituality, but it's actually, he doesn't have to. All right. Last dumb question. Um, I have. I actually. You know, I don't think your questions are dumb, Jeff. Just wait. Uh, I, me, and some friends are doing a retreat this weekend and hanging out, and you refuse to come. Are you sad that you don't get to hang out with us? Oh yeah, I am. Because <laughs> I'm also sad. I was sad when I saw you were gonna. We were gonna record with you this week, and I decided to give yeah, you a hard time I'm about sad. it because. Did you find another we, priest? We did. Oh, we did a superior priest. Oh, in case he listens. Oh good. <laughs> superior to me. I'm sure. Uh, that'll be great. Yeah. I'm just sad. I was, I was all excited for you to come. And then, and then you well, remembered that your life the, is absolute chaos and <laughs> you may, you probably made you the, the decision, but I still wish we could hang out. So next I time did. we'll book you. I made the, and I'm prudent in small things and therefore whatever. How did that Mike go? drop? It's all right. Got trying to bring it back. Not mammon. Our retreat is mammon. That's what I learned. All right. <laughs> I learned during the course of this podcast that my brother won a uh, yard of the month in uh, his neighborhood. So shout out to him. Oh. Shout out. <laughs> yard of the month. <laughs> no big Great. deal. I've never won that. It's all right because I'm a It's all right because I'm a It's all right because I'm a Sunday.